0: welcome to live well with depression a podcast about unlocking your best life while managing depression i'm your host amanda gist and if you're tuning in because you're ready to design a life well lived despite mental health challenges you're in the right place ready to reimagine what a life with depression looks like keep listening Welcome to the next episode of Live Well with Depression. I am Amanda Gist, your host, and I'm very excited to have one of my dear friends, Anthony Veretta, here with me uh, tonight. Anthony is the guitarist and vocalist in a very popular country rock band, Huckleberry Road, and Huckleberry Road supports acts like Carrie Underwood, Eric Church, and so many other incredible headliners on uh, their national tours. Thank you for being here, Anthony. I'm excited to chat.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Anthony and I have been friends for I believe since 2015. Yeah. And um the reason I really wanted to have Anthony on the podcast is because he has very much been a friend to me through my journey with depression in a way that other people have not. And I think it's very valuable for people to hear what you can do as a friend to someone with depression. I love opening my guest episodes with one specific question. And I feel like this really allows listeners to kind of get a feel for you and your connection with mental health. Um, so let's, let's kick it off. How were you first introduced to the concept of depression and around what age? Like, was it a friend, a family member, school?
1: Oh, uh, for me personally, I lost my mother at a uh, very, very young age. I was 11 years old Mm -hmm. and you know, um, I went through a point in my life to where I just, I didn't feel like I had meaning. I didn't feel like I had a direction, you know, that's a, it's kind of a hard, it's kind of a hard thing for an 11 year old kid to go through. Sure. A tragic sentinel event like that. Like it sent me into a spiral. Like I, I did go through counseling thing about that was like, I didn't feel like I wanted to talk to anybody.
0: You know, it's, I find it's very hard at those younger ages because you don't always even know what's going on with yourself, let alone have to have that conversation with someone,
1: you know, um, it was a very, it was a very dark time for me personally, very, uh, emotionally and especially not being emotionally developed Mm -hmm. and not having You know, but thankfully my family provided resources like that for somebody that I could talk to somebody that I could absolutely say, whatever was on my mind, you know, um, it really, it, it did help. And at the time, at the time I felt like, you know, why am I here?
2: Mm -hmm. What
1: am I doing here? How, how is this going to help? How is this going to work? This isn't going to bring my mom back.
0: Right. Of course
1: but later on i'm glad that i had somebody to talk to and somebody to help guide you know i had to drive the boat right no matter what no matter what you are the one that has to drive the boat but it was nice to have somebody that kind of gave you the direction of the compass to kind of keep you between the shores if that makes sense
0: yeah no it does so your really your first first introduction to depression was personal
1: yeah absolutely how long would you say that that period lasted for you oh man you know um looking back now it months yeah years it it doesn't you never really you never quite get over it i mean even now in my adult years um my adult life like i still have stats of that you know something you can it could be a memory that just comes out of nowhere it could be a ascent
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know yeah it could be it could be anything like that but you know that that whole time period was such a whirlwind and it was a lot of me figuring out how I was going to move move forward with myself because for one thing you know um the one thing that I did the one thing that I did come to terms with first was, Mom wouldn't want to see this,
0: mm-hmm. which I think Mom is is what a lot of people who lose someone, that's one of the most common things that we hear. They wouldn't yeah, you know they would um, want you to be happy.
1: They would want you to move forward exactly currently. and that and that comes into your own self-reflection
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know it's uh, how are you how are you going to move forward? How are you going to deal with this situation? you know and it made me stronger in that aspect just for the sheer fact that it was uh, a lot of i can't do this i can't be this way because she wouldn't have wanted me to be this way and also she wouldn't allow me to be this way mm-hmm. so now i cannot allow myself to be this way for her
0: mm-hmm. there is some of this that i have have not heard yet and we've had a lot of in-depth conversations, and it's it's really interesting to hear the things that that I don't even know from you after this many years of friendship. So kind of moving in that direction, when it comes to our friendship, do you remember any signs that told you I was dealing with depression prior to us, like, opening up a
1: dialogue? You know, um, when when we first started, we we first started our friendship, when we first started talking... You know, I had, I had no idea, not one bit, mm-hmm. you know, um, we just kind of clicked right off the bat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, I let you throw me around that room for a couple days and then we were just <laughs> friends. And we were, we know, did, uh,
0: uh, we did, um, what would you even cut like combat training almost? It was,
1: it was like hand to hand training. Yeah. It was, um, I, I, I just remember that and, and guys, I tell you what, I will never forget this. When she said, my dad's a cop. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're going to be friends. I get <laughs> this. I understand. Um, you know, it, when I started getting a feel for it was when, when the hard days start to come mm-hmm. and the text messages aren't, uh, they're not as light. They're not as happy. They're less frequent.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
1: and it took me a minute to process right you know and it was but automatically when you when you talk to somebody daily and you talk to them multiple times a day you get a inclination for their mannerisms the way they they speak to you the way they present like it's it's cuz i mean you can you can lose a lot of connotation through text message right absolutely right You know and that comes with punctuation Mm -hmm. that comes with you know the silly little emojis Mm -hmm. it comes with uh the shortness of the text and it's it's when something changes it's you know that little that little light bulb goes off and you're like wait a minute hold on something's wrong Mm -hmm. something's wrong and especially starting starting out in this and this goes with anybody you don't want to be terribly invasive
0: absolutely right
1: you know um you don't want to but it's it's one of those things it's like hey what's wrong something's up nothing that's incorrect (laughs) because i know the way that you speak to me and this isn't it Mm -hmm. Let's, let's 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 get to the bottom of this let's get on with it
0: yeah what's going on i think one of the big takeaways for people listening to this episode is that on both sides, on the side of the person who lives with depression, it's like I know so many people who would kill to have someone in their life who picks up on on that subtle of a sign, and and explores that with them. And on the side of the friend, um, you know, I know a lot of people that aren't as perceptive. And don't necessarily have the capacity to pick up on signs that small. So I feel like that's something you can do. Like that's one of the big things you can do for your friends with depression is get to know them that well, get to know them so well that even the smallest change in how they text you tells you, Hey, maybe something's up. Maybe I need to check on that. Maybe I need to see how they're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's the little things, it's the little nuances that, that really once, once. Once you get in that, once you get in that rhythm with somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, and then as soon as there's a disruption, it's recognizing, wait a minute, hold on. Hold on, let's take a step back. Now let's figure out what this, what the disruption and the force is. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's really not that hard to start picking up on stuff like that. You just have to pay attention. And yeah. that's the thing is you should pay attention to your friends. And I, and I get it every, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this. Everybody's guilty of this. You get busy, you get, you know, wrapped up in your own life. Everything is, is constantly moving.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Everything is constantly going forward. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to stop going forward. But when that little light pops on wait a minute I haven't heard from so-and-so in days
2: mm-hmm.
1: I should probably stop and take a second and just check in yeah you know I mean it's it's it it even happens between us yeah yeah you know, uh, quite frequently big, actually you know and we we're both busy
2: mm-hmm.
1: you I have a lot of my plate you have a lot on your plate
2: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
1: but it's it's one of those things to where When you're connected with somebody, a little light pops off in your head.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Wait a minute. Hold on. I haven't talked to them in such and such time. I'm just going to poke my head in. And even if it's just to say hi, Mm
2: -hmm. even
1: if it's just to send, you know, a silly meme Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or tell a really corny joke out of the blue. And it's just, it's, it's maintaining that connection Mm -hmm. that I, you know that keeps that, that keeps that rhythm going.
0: And I would say, again, that's something that from the friend perspective, being a friend to someone who lives with depression, it's like there, it can feel like you have so little control. It can feel very helpless. It can feel very much like, I don't know what to do to help you. That is something that's very small. That's very helpful. Um, it's it's, with depression. it's, It's like, it's so hard to, reach out. It's so hard yeah. to connect when you're in that space to have someone else who takes the initiative to do that for you. Even if, like you said, it's sending a dumbass meme, like great. It's, it's opening that line of communication.
1: Right. You know, and whether you're having a bad day or a good day, you know, it, which varies from day to day, it can vary mm-hmm. from hour to hour. It can vary mm-hmm. from minute to minute, mm-hmm. but sometimes You know, maybe that simple little text will change the trajectory of what's going on.
0: I know there have been times when I have been like very deep in my shit and, you know, one of the most natural places for a depressed mind to go is people would be better off if i were gone, no one would miss me if i wasn't here, kind of a thing. And i know there have been moments when i have been deep in my shit and i have gotten a text from you and it's like it's that teeny tiny thing that says, "Hey, someone's thinking about me. Someone notices when
1: they don't hear from me." Yeah, you know, it's it's just paying attention. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not difficult, especially because i mean, we're going on we're going on 10 years of friendship together, right? Yeah it's um and we have a certain rhythm together and granted it goes up and down and I'm you know sometimes I get in trouble and I get yelled at for it
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but you know of of course it's it that's that's what goes with the territory you know um and sometimes you may not like what I have to say
0: <laughs> there have been those times yeah absolutely
1: Abs and, and and you know and there's there's times to where that I don't really I gotta I take my lumps hmm You know, and I, and I take them and I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. Everything that you told me is validated. Really. It's just paying attention to the little details, the changes, and then you don't have to run in like Superman. You don't have to run in like it's a burning building, Mm -hmm. right? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It could be as simple as just, like I said, telling you a stupid joke. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's, it's, uh, or, you know, coming over and listening to whale songs for three hours. (laughs) This is, this is Anthony speaking
0: from personal experience, you you know, Hey,
1: it's, it it is what it is
0: on that note. I, I also want to say, so there was a, uh, situation God, this was, it wasn't this past summer, so it had to have been a year ago. And we planned on um, having a little get together, like a barbecue with a couple of Anthony's friends from his neighborhood. And we planned this, if I remember correctly, like the meat to grill was bought, like everything was ready to go. And the afternoon of this get together, I bailed and I very much as per usual you know was telling myself and felt like a giant piece of shit and it's just one of those things that you internalize it and and go against yourself when you're in that space of depression and it's like nothing I do is right like I'm a piece of shit everything I do is wrong I just hurt people you know whatever you blame yourself for everything and you were very much receptive to that and there was no guilt and there was no disappointment and there was no shame and none of that existed. No. And to me, no, like, And I, where did you learn how to treat someone with depression so patiently and so gently? Because that is not a common occurrence. And if you could like, if there was a way to imprint that on other people who have friends living with depression, what, what would that be? Like, where did
1: you learn that? you know, I can't tell you that there's no, there's no book. There's no magical book. Mm -hmm. There's no, it is time and patience. Mm -hmm. Patience is the key. Patience and compassion. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I remember this day because I was so excited to make you dinner and I was so excited to make everybody dinner. I had everything all set up. I was, you know, we were going to, it was this whole thing. And you told me you weren't having it. And I remember this. And I remember this very, very, very well. Because you weren't having a good day. Mm -hmm. You weren't. You were not in a good space. And it's just, it's patience. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's the, okay, I understand. I understand where you're at. I would love to have you here. If you don't want to come, you don't have to. If you're more comfortable staying home, then stay home. But my front door is unlocked and you can walk right through the door if you want to be here. And in that instance, even if you wanted to be here, you did not feel up to it, right?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, there's no point in forcing you to be somewhere that you cannot be. Right. Because that compounds issues even more.
0: Well, and I also will say that a lot of that, like, canceling on things and not following through on social obligations and things like that, um, another piece of that is very much like when I feel like shit, if I do go do something, if I do go put myself around people in a social environment... Who's going to want to be around me? Like why would anyone want to be around me? I'm such a downer. I'm such a burden. I have nothing oh. good to say. And like when it comes to that aspect of it, what what would you say as far as like having that person in your space and just being accepting of that and just saying like you're welcome as you are. You don't have to put on a front. You don't have to put on a smile. Like yeah. come as you are. Oh.
1: Absolutely. You now there's two, there's there's two, two ways you can look at this, right? It's very, very easy to be like, oh, you know what? Just don't even come.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. do that. But it's also very, very easy to be accepting with open arms and being like, I want you here. No matter how you're feeling, I would like you here. Everybody here would like you here. You, you know, but you have to let them make that decision Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to force you into a situation that's going to make more anxiety on top of how you're feeling. Right. So it's, it's, it's easy to be accepting of you being around me or accepting of, I need to be there for you Mm -hmm. and I need to do what's best for you. Say out of you, you invite somebody 10 times.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And you show up one out of the 10 times. Yeah. Right. That's that that one time is a win. Mm-hmm. And you cannot you have to keep inviting them. If you even if you even if you don't come, even if you don't come, I will keep inviting you and inviting you and inviting you. And then one day your comfort level is going to be. You're able to to attend,
0: and eventually you'll have another win, and you'll start stacking your exactly. wins. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, it's um don't it's it's really easy to make somebody feel excluded, mm-hmm. and but it's also very easy to make somebody feel included. And if if you correct me if I'm wrong, I invited you to that barbecue, right? Mm-hmm. And you weren't able to make it, but a couple nights later, I said, hey, let's get a pizza.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and we had pizza
0: yeah we did one you of know. many times and it was almost like it was almost like the pizza and that type of environment was a little bit safer than like yeah myself out there with people and that changes that changes from day to day really how how safe you feel with other people how Uh, capable you feel of being around other people it's a it's
1: a it's a comfortable comfortability level that you reach Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it's and establishing that relationship and establishing that connectivity really is what makes a difference I I think
0: no it is it is and I'll also say that like your point about you continue inviting them I think that is something that goes so unnoticed with people is like it is so easy to if someone if someone says no if someone doesn't show up for you so many times I almost feel like in in a way it's human nature to not quote unquote give up on them but to like
1: well stop asking you know like whether that comes from it it turns into it turns into it turns into oh they're not going to come anyways I'm just not going to bother
0: exactly exactly that's exactly what I'm going for and When you introduce depression into the mix, it becomes very much, we need those invitations. Like, even if we can't make it 10 times in a row, even if we can't get ourselves out of the house 10 times in a row, that 11th time, like continuing to receive those invitations and just knowing that there is someone out there who is thinking about you enough to invite you, who wants to spend time with you, who cares that you're in the world All of those things make the biggest difference. And I think, I will say, I think that's one of the biggest faults of, of people who are friends with those of us who live with depression is it is so easy to stop inviting. It just seems like almost second nature to do exactly what you said. Well, they're not going to come anyway, so I'm not going to invite them.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and that's unfair. Mm -hmm. That's completely unfair for somebody to do because all that does is A- drive a wedge in between you and that person Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because now when you and you could say oh they're not going to show it's it's fine they're not going to show up but then it it on the other half it's like well why don't they invite me Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is it because they don't want to be around me is it because they don't think that um they they think i'm going to bring the whole party down Mm -hmm. do they think do they think this do they think that do they think this and so that sends you not you specifically but the other person into that train of thought to where then then it's like well if they're not inviting me apparently I'm not good enough to be there
0: it's very much a spiral and it's just it's like that like I like to say is once you have those depression lenses on every little thing is a trigger and every little thing is a reason to just beat the shit out yeah, of you
1: everything it's 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 your walking you're walking through, you're walking through a field of landmines,
0: right? Yeah.
1: You know, and you're walking on eggshells. And, um, I think that I, I hopefully over the past years have made it very clear and made you feel like you don't have to walk around on eggshells around me. Mm -hmm. Jump on the damn eggshells. I don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, and then it's, um, But that involvement, when it comes to stuff like that, it's, hey, do you want to do this? Oh, I'll think about it. Okay. Hey, do you want to do this? Oh, I'm not sure. Hey, do you want to do this? Yes. Cool. I'll see you there. Yeah. It's not hard.
0: Yeah. Um, That leads me into two questions that I'm very curious about. So you mentioned obviously, in, including people over and over again, and patience and compassion. And we've talked about all these great things that you can do to show up as a friend to someone with depression. What would you say, from your perspective, is the number one like gift that you can give a friend who lives with depression?
1: Your time. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Your time, your patience, your compassion, you're just letting them know that you're there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Letting them know that they're not alone. Letting them know that they don't have to do it alone. Some of the biggest wars that you will fight with yourself are the ones that nobody sees. Right. Absolutely. But if there's but there if there is somebody there that you can talk to talk to about your losses, that you can talk to about your wins having an ear that you can bend, having a shoulder you can cry on, having a hand to help you wade through everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's your, it's your, it's really, that's, that's it. It's your time.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like, I actually, so I typically keep one Xanax in my wallet just in case I have a panic attack. I rarely have panic attacks anymore, but I feel so much fucking better knowing that that xanax is xanax is there
1: and yeah, it's it's a, a, it's a really a, similar thing it's a form of security it's a form <laughs> of it's a form of okay, I have this this is this is my uh my security measure right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um and it's a it's like it's like a little kid walking around with the with a little blankie mhm. You know, it's a, it's a comfort knowing that. And even if you don't use it, even if you don't use it, it's there in case of emergencies. Mm -hmm. And I, I support that. Yeah. You know, um,
0: I love that visual of the little kid
1: with the blanket. That's so true. And it is, you know, um, it's, it's like me walking out of the house without my hat. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and it's, yeah, it's, I totally understand that.
0: And on the, on the other side of that question, what would you say is, or I guess so far, has been the hardest part for you of having a friendship with someone who lives with depression?
1: The hardest part, honestly, is watching the hurt mm-hmm. and watching you, watching the the hard times and watching because i can't offer me personally if i could take it all away i would Mm -hmm. it's not possible
0: which is where what we just talked about comes in with your time and your presence because one thing i love to say is one of the biggest gifts you can give to someone with depression is i will just fucking sit with you in the dark I can't yeah. fix it, but I will sit right next to you in the dark,
1: and you, you um, can't you can't fix it. And yeah, it hurts. It physically hurts your soul. You need to watch your friend go through that. And you know, we've had multiple conversations, you know, into the wee hours of the night to where we laugh, we cry you can be mad, you can be, you can be sad, you can, and it's a a whole roller coaster of emotions all in one conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's just one conversation of the night, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but it's, um, yeah, it, that's the one thing that that's the one thing that hurts the most is watching it. But when it turns into that, when it turns into that, it's uh, all right, I'm strapping in.
0: It's an opportunity.
1: Let's go. I'm strapped. I'm, I'm clocked in. Yeah. I'm clocked in on this. Let's go. You know, I'm not, I'm not backing down on this. I, I'm going to let you, you're either going to wind yourself up or spin yourself into a nap Mm -hmm. and I'll be there for both,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, and it's, uh, but yeah, I would say that is the hardest part. It's not the, and the, the hard part is not being there. The hard part is not Giving yourself to that person, your your the hard part is watching somebody that you care about go through it. But the easy part is realizing all you need to do is be there. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, it's not it's because that, like I said, that that hand to help you wade through the minefield. Mm is going to be a bigger gift than really, you know,
0: a lot of things. And I would, I would argue that a lot of people listening to this will think, well, that's so, that's so simplified. Like that's so simplified. And really when it comes down to it, for someone with depression, simple is magnificent. Like simple is all we need is simple. Granted, there's all kinds of, you know, cutting edge treatments and this and that and meds and whatever that are fantastic. But when it comes to someone supporting you through it, simple wins.
1: Yeah. It's not, it's it's like, like I say all the time, it's not like, and this goes with multiple things in life, multiple things in life, right? It's not rocket science. <laughs> it's not. Mm-hmm. you leave the rocket science to the 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 rocket scientists whatever they're called rocketeers i don't know i i can't build a rocket i don't know i think
0: a rocketeer is a dancer
1: <laughs> no actually the rocketeer was a disney movie was it yeah you remember the, the guy with, the brass, with well, then, the brass what are on it? the
0: what are the, uh, the dance the the
1: oh rockettes. those are the rockets.
0: the rockets. the rockets. jesus you know you hey, would... you were you were on the right track you were on rocketeers the right track Okay. So as we start to wrap up, I also wanted to get some insight into your mental health Uh, in the entertainment industry where depression just runs rampant. And I have, you know, personal experience with that. What are a few things that you do personally to maintain your mental health?
1: Oh man. So it, okay. Being on the road is exciting, right? Get in the rig. You're on the way to the show. You've got weeks on the road right Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's a long game
2: Mm. it's a
1: very long game it is it can be tough yeah you know there's you you get homesick you get uh you're you're out of your own routine
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you are um you know you get lonely you get and it, it can get rough it can get very rough but it's you know, for me personally, it's a simple call to home
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, um, it's finding something out there to show somebody, you know, oh, look what I found. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that's amazing. That's great. Mm-hmm. Cool, you know, it could be something as stupid as oh, look at the cheeseburger that I found out on the road, <laughs> which I have gotten cheeseburger pictures, yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know, um, it's. It can be tough. It's it's strenuous. It's stressful. Everybody thinks that it is just nonstop partying, nonstop, you know, uh, glitz and glamour. It doesn't work like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We are the we are the first ones there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're the last ones to leave. Then we go home and get a few hours of sleep. Guess what? We're on the road.
0: Do you guys tend to prioritize things like sleep and working out and Yes. And keep that to. balance when you're on the road.
1: You have to. You you have to do things for yourself to keep your mind working, to keep your body working. It's um it's occupying the the free time and it's also about quality rest. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're unrested, it completely affects your mood. And that will affect the, tra- the trajectory of your day from when you get up to go to bed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: it's, and then it's the routine that, uh, you know, it's like they say, when you get up first thing in the morning, what do you do? Make your bed, your bed, <laughs> make your bed, because that is your first victory of the day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You didn't start your day off losing.
0: And this is a military thing, isn't it? Didn't it come from the military? Yeah. That's what I thought.
1: Absolutely. And, and
0: I also feel like making your bed can be a very, as much as it can feel like climbing mount everest for someone with depression it can also be a very big win it's it can be a small act that turns into a big win and i've talked before in interviews about how when i first started like crawling out of the hole it started with brushing my teeth you know and yeah. those small yeah. those teeny tiny things can be such big wins
1: right and uh, we've had this conversation it's when that when i was listening to that um david goggin's book
0: Mhm,
1: you know, and we talked about the difference between discipline and motivation,
2: right,
1: you know, um, oh, and by the way, guys, um, Amanda and I, we have been on and off training partners in the <laughs> gym for years now, and let me just tell you, don't do leg day with her because she will put <laughs> you in the ground <laughs> anyways, so yeah. it's really when it comes to motivation, when you're looking for motivation to do something,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you you're not always going to be motivated because motivation is based off of your mood. Motivation comes and goes. Right? right. But the more that you discipline yourself into progressing forward, the more it becomes part of your everyday routine. Right. Getting up, making your bed.
0: Right? Yeah. And that's, and that's very much in, from my point of view, like that's very much what living well with living well with depression is about is creating those routines that keep you stable enough that you're not having these wild, wild, wild ups and downs and right,
1: you know and are you gonna have are you gonna have days to where you get knocked off the horse? Mm-hmm. Hell, yeah, you're gonna have days to get knocked off the horse and then that horse is gonna kick you on the way down <laughs> and then and then he's gonna laugh at you from across the corral, yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> The only thing you can do is get back up and get back on the horse.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's going to be days to where he tries to buck you off. Right. Mm-hmm. And you are going to find yourself in a position to lean down and whisper in his ear. Not today, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm riding you and mm-hmm. that's it.
0: Right. And, and I've also read uh, in some of my research that, as you turn things into routine in your life and structure in your life, it takes less cognitive energy to perform those tasks. So you're freeing up cognitive space for more important things, like, right. for example, regulating your emotions, being having the capacity to be able to do that versus like you're constantly going at 100%. And um, right,
1: you it it, to it, regulating it, your emotions, it, you just can't do it. It turns into regular self-maintenance mm-hmm. as opposed to damage control and trying to keep trying to keep the the you know the uh, the core reactor from going into meltdown mode, right? Right. You know, you and you alone have the power to tell yourself, well, okay, that 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 can stay over there. Yeah. That I'm not that's not that I I'm not doing this today. I'll get to you in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna take care of X, Y, and Z over here. But that's all it is. Life, life is chaos and life will never slow down. Yeah. You know, like I have the I have the big the the dream of one day having a ranch somewhere mm-hmm. on a bunch of acres. And just I don't have to deal with people. I don't have to deal yeah. with all this. But but in turn, guess what now? I guess guess what I have to deal with? Your ranch. A whole right? ass a whole ass ranch. Oh, it doesn't get French. easier. It doesn't get easier. Yeah. It's just different chaos,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. you know. And you, you personally have the choice to let that chaos in, or let it, or keep it out.
0: Yeah. Before we wrap up, what is coming up next for Huckleberry Road, and where can people find you guys and your music?
1: Oh, I, w- yeah, I will link you I mean, in the show notes,
0: but I definitely want you to to give us a little. Rundown. You can, on you what's can get out. us,
1: you, you can get us anywhere on you know, anywhere you stream music. You can get us on Huckleberry Road.com, our website, our social media pages, Huckleberry Road Music on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, the whole nine there. Our tour schedule picks up in February and we'll be on tour till probably about October.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being on the show. I feel like this Thank whole you. conversation just about like connection and relationship and friendship has been uh really insightful and I am hoping that this serves a lot of people in in the way so. taking taking things that they can learn from you and from our friendship and um applying them to their own relationships.
1: yeah, you know um it was a lot of fun it's I mean it's 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 fun talking to you all the time. This was a lot of fun. um I hope that I provided some type of insight and you know whether you whether you're like, hey, I get it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that or it's a, ah, this, listen to this guy, you know.
0: (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Anthony. Thank you guys for listening. I hope that this episode served you and um, I will see you in the next episode. Hi, it's Amanda. If you're loving this podcast, please be sure to go over to your podcast app and hit that subscribe button. So you never miss an episode. And if you feel called, don't forget to rate review and share this episode and tag me on Instagram at Amanda Gist. I'd love to know how this episode served you. Thank you so much for listening to Live Well with Depression. I'll see you in the next episode.